Hey team, welcome to the Professionally Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera. This is the spot where we provide raw, unfiltered insights from some amazing guests. Stand by, you're about to be offended in all the right ways. When people ask me, what are you good at? I'm not really good at any one thing, you know, for better or worse. <laughs> Pretty much the thing I'm good at is taking relatively small groups of people through things that suck, which is... Yeah. happens to be very important in the startup world especially yeah. <laughs> both in the seal teams and startups <laughs> that's fun. so tell me about i mean just sticking with the seal teams for a second man like when you thought about how that would apply at all to the to the quote-unquote real world what are the things you still look back on man with your time on the teams and go like i never thought that would be valuable but heck i use it every day so much. I mean, it's it's so hard to divorce the past from the present. Yeah. To your point about any regrets, I mean, it's the only reason I'm married to who I'm married to. It's the only reason I've got my kids. It's the only reason I'm here. It's the only reason I'm doing Terry Lake. It's the only reason that, you know, I am in this spot. Um, I mean, the thing that sticks out probably the most is how you exist in risk, how you make decisions in risk. And that is something... I do every day. So there's all sorts of tricks and you know, mostly tricking yourself, <laughs> as you know, from, you know, going through selection and then combat stuff and all that, um, yeah, that you use every day, whether it's, you know, quote unquote, real life, you know, what kind of vehicle you're buying or how you're talking to your kids about situations. And you know, definitely work here on a day-to-day basis. You know, how do you make high capital cost decisions when you've got necessarily imperfect information, right? Mm-hmm. Just being comfortable with it. I do think that you get this, what they call analysis paralysis, a lot of it, especially with super smart folks, right? You just can't get moving to the next thing. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and one thing I, you know, he was going through a lot of different scenarios, and uh, I go, you know, man, he says, what do you think? And I said, man, I don't know anything about that, what you just said. I go, all I know is which one feels the best decision? They seem kind of equal. And he goes, yeah, I'd say so. That's why it's hard. I said, well, just make one. My guess is the input's going to come after you make that decision. Is that something you feel like, you know, especially in a combat situation, right, where that always kind of stuck with you is just just make, just make live to make the next decision and then figure it out from there? Yeah. You know, there's this old, I think it was a joke. I'm not sure if it was a joke. <laughs> when, I was, when I was working for Stan McChrystal on the outside yeah. with the McChrystal group, you know, he'd always say, you know, well, you just, just imagine you're, part of this army group and you're sitting there and you're, you're getting mortared and somebody turns around and says, sir, you know, where do we go? You know what the right answer is? You're like, uh, no. You're like, who the hell cares? Somewhere else. You know, just <laughs> go, right? You, yeah. Cause you can't steer something that's not moving. Right. And so th- the reason decisions get hard, I think in a lot of cases for a lot of people and it, especially in the business world, because nobody is shooting at you. You're not getting mortared yeah. here, you know, thank God. But you don't have the volatility, you know, volatility is information at the end of the day, right? And so if you lack volatility, then you're kind of like, well, I lack the information required and there's no impetus to make that decision. So what do I do now? So it's that bias for action that, you know, you learn pretty quickly in the military, especially as a young person leading usually younger people. Sometimes like I was leading mostly older people. Older people, yeah. For the most part. That's a thing. And... You know, how do you kind of create that 
either create that volatility or have the courage to take that next decision to your point to almost create your own volatility to get more information such that you can keep moving directionally in the right spot. Right? Yeah. What are things folks you think can, what do you think they can do if they've never had the training, you know, they hadn't been out in Coronado and getting yeah. cold and they haven't been shot out there in Iraq or Afghanistan. What's something you think folks can do now to just make that a little bit more so like how to get that flywheel going? Yeah, you got to trick yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so what, and you can pick whatever it is. You know, what I, what I tell folks here, you know, will the, the hard part is understanding what decisions you need to make in, in general. And yeah. so once you do that, then it's a matter of, okay, well, when do I need to make that decision? Because it's really attractive to wait for more and more information to come in such as you can mitigate the risk. Yeah. And so the, the trick I use is, you know, maybe based on the background, I just pretend somebody's got a gun to my head, but you can pick something else. <laughs> you, know, you can, whatever, you know, your, yeah. your dog's going to die or, you know, something. The water's rising in yeah. the house and you got to take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever kind of gets you, gets you amped up a little bit. Um, you know, you're not going to get dinner. Um, <laughs> but I basically pretend somebody's got a gun to my head and they're forcing me to make a decision right now. And so basically, I make that decision right now. So you know, somebody approaches me, hey, what should we do? I go, I would do this right now. And then, so once that decision's made, then I step back and go, okay, well, if I wait a week, what information am I going to have that would change that decision? Mm. If I wait two weeks, a month, three months, six months, a year. And so I kind of march that out in time. And in a lot of cases, Either I don't have the time, the money, the resources to get additional information that would knock me off the decision I just made in the moment. All right. So essentially I make the decision now and then I war game it out. Yeah. And try and estimate what would change. And like I said, in most cases, not much. Not much, not much changes. Would. Especially right. nothing you can really control, right? Right. That's really cool, man. So you kind of create like an anchor point almost. Like here's your grounding rod. Cause a lot of times we're trying to make decisions that's like hard to catch. So we kind of, if you make it, you know, you think you're making a decision and then all of a sudden you come back to it, you almost forgot where you were, yep. right? So I love that. I mean, just, hey, put a grounding rod in the ground, play it out, see what happens, and then go back from there. Yep. Do you find you when you're, when you're making these decisions, especially now in business, to your point, in combat, a lot of the times, let me back up and say this, like I think one of the, see if you would agree or not with this or if it resonates, what I found is like making decisions when you're getting shot at, a lot of folks are like, man, that's got to be really difficult. And I'm like, it's actually kind of easier than you think because there isn't a whole lot of time to discern. Right. There is something that kicks in, like intuition. Um, do you feel that that sometimes is the case in business? Is that a lot of times we don't trust that intuition, maybe because it isn't there or whatever? Yeah, I, completely. The, the other thing you lack in business too, though, is standard operating procedures uh -huh. and, and accordingly role differentiation, right? So when, when you start getting shot at and, you know, yeah. As an officer, generally it's take a tactical pause, let the team sort out you know, what they're going to sort because, you know, again, you've got really imperfect information generally unless you're right there. Yeah. And even if you are right there, you, chances are you probably got other things to do. Yeah. Right. And so you, I think you lack a lot of things in business that you had in the military, you know, culture. You're creating your own culture, especially in startup world, because you're building from nothing. Whereas yeah. in the military, you come into, you know, like it or not, a culture that you're either going to, you know, 
absorb yeah. and conform to, or you're not going to last very long. Yeah. Right. So you, you're lacking that. You're lacking that those standard operating procedures, right? You're lacking role differentiation uh, to a to a certain degree in the business. Again, unless you build it from the ground up. Yeah. So it, it all it all makes decision making more difficult. Uh, in my opinion, in the business world. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot of respect I have for like not walking into that that strong foundation that you can go make a decision or do a thing, you know, or whatever. When you're, um, I've heard you talk about this in the past, and I think especially as as a former officer, we kind of get trained to be these generalists that have to kind of learn quick, right, and dive in. What have you learned, just kind of especially coming into into terror depth, right, just not knowing that what you don't know is that powerful or not powerful like what have you found that to be useful or not done correctly i think it's very powerful yeah um done incorrectly it'll ruin you you know i gave a talk this was pretty early on it was in new york city there was this event called hardwired and i had carte blanche on you know what do you want to talk about dummy get up there and talk to all these tech people about Things. Yeah. I was like, well, hell, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what to talk about. Um, so it was in that, uh, that realization that I didn't know what to talk about that I figured I'd talk about ignorance. <laughs> so, you know, a, being a generalist doesn't imply that you're ignorant about stuff. just yeah. implies that you're you know, wider than you are deep yeah. for the most part. And so that talk back then focused on domain ignorance and how to how to harness that in a in a powerful way to innovate essentially and so specifically in maritime technology you know what you see and it it's really actually interesting coming from the navy because the navy's steeped in this is the way that we do things to enable the weapon system which is the ship to survive right and if you do things differently people are going to die yeah at scale right the SEAL teams are this weird little like bastard child in the Navy. A little offshoot. Yeah. Right. So, you guys are on land? Yeah. It's right. like, what's going right. on? Yeah. I, I know more about the Army than I do <laughs> the Navy for the most part. Um, but you, you start to prize domain ignorance because you look at things differently when you just don't know. Right. And, you know, the, the example that I used in this talk was you know, the Exxon Valdez, the oil spill. Right. Huge oil spill huge conservation problem nobody could figure out how to do the cleanup it was just too big of an issue and there were all sorts of physical reasons that you know, extracting the oil was going to be a problem and so that so they capital t they who was cleaning it up they put out this competition and they said somebody help us figure this out well the person who actually figured out a way to recover the majority of the oil came from the concrete industry and essentially they used vibrating rods to mess with the consistency of concrete in a concrete job. Yeah. And it stood to reason in this person's mind that maybe that analogy would play with respect to oil. How would you, how could you solidify it such that you could Recovery extract easy. it? Right. And it worked. Oh, it did. It worked. And so, you know, hydrocarbon specialists, you know, petroleum folks couldn't figure it out because they were too close to the problem. They were so, they were such subject matter experts that it never occurred to him to look into another domain to seek analogy, right? Yeah. And so, you know, in this job now, we have been very deliberate about who do we hire that are you know, essentially ignorant of the domain, 
but you've also got to balance that with subject matter expertise, right? It's you got to know the rules before you break them. Yeah. But you got to have the right subject matter experts so they're not looking down on the people with domain ignorance either, right? Yeah, so that's right. Team dynamic. So done right, it can be very powerful, and you can create a lot of innovation really rapidly. But done wrong, you're just gonna have a bunch of idiots doing stupid things. Right? Uh, yeah, it's such a dance, right? To be able to figure out how you balance it. I got to imagine that there's a lot of things still from our time and the service that you take from and go. Definitively, that person is the best behind that sniper rifle. Period. I'm not even close. But how to employ, when to employ, right? When or not to take that shot. Ultimately, that's my name on the thing. If something goes wrong, right? There's just there's value in that dance between expertise and ultimate decision making. How do you do that here? Like now in this world, when you're maybe better way said is like, how do you see your job as a CEO? What do you see is like, hey, these are my main things. This is the thing that if I'm doing this fairly good every single day, then I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it goes back to the servant leadership piece that we all we all got taught. But mostly it's a it's an enabler, it's a resource provider, it's an idea filter, and it's a decision space setter. Yeah. Right, so here are the rights and lefts. Everything within that, you've got. Right, like, I don't want to make that decision. I don't need to make that decision. In fact, I don't want to, like, I don't want to make that decision because you know best. Yeah. Right now, if you've got questions about that, like, of course, right? And that's where the idea filter comes in. Our, we've got three values at the company, speed, discipline, collaboration, and they're designed to essentially offset each other. And so what I tell people should do it more. You know, I try to do at least bi-weekly at our all hands, but probably, probably miss a couple there. But basically it's like, look, I don't care if you make a decision that costs us millions of dollars. Did you make it quickly? Did you have a plan, discipline? And did you talk to other people about it to see if you're missing something? Yeah. And if you're adhering to those values and you make a stupid call, Okay, yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah. Now, if you're slow, you didn't have a plan, you did it on your own. There's probably probably gonna be a little bit more to talk about, you know. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We want to hear from you, so do me a solid. Leave us a review. We read every comment. If you got value from what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a thumbs up, share it with a friend. Thanks for being on the team. We'll see you on the high ground. JC out.